Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin, always sitting opposite me, Blake Harrison. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right, mate. Not, not too bad. Not too bad. So... You're out of COVID. You're back on the streets. What have you been up to? <laughs> back on the streets. Oh, beware. He's back on the streets. It's been good, mate. It's been a mixture. Sorry, I picked you out of some kind of dangerous loner there, didn't yeah. I? Careful, <laughs> people. Careful. He's back on the streets. Lock your doors. He's back on the streets. Um, the Lurker Harrison. <laughs> Lurk. Oh, the Lurker sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? <laughs> the Lurker sounds like some kind of perverted... Well, I mean, not far off, probably. Um, but uh, no, I've had a good uh, from perversion onto it was my son's birthday, or at least his Wonderful. birthday party on uh, on Sunday. So we had a lovely time, bouncy castle and feral children running around my house for a bit. But what was really nice was I timed it perfectly. So I got to do the cake. I got to do having fun with the kids, playing around, bouncy castle, all that stuff, and then. Just as it was about time to clean up, I was like, sorry, darling, uh, I'm off. I've got to go. I've got somewhere to be. I've got a, a work-related uh, party to go to. So, uh, yeah, so I missed out I on mean, you're, pl- you're playing it, Dan Harrison. Come on. It was the Olivier's, right? It was, yeah. I went to the Olivier Awards. And I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if most people are like, what the fuck is that? Don't know what that is. Yeah. It's basically like the, the premier theatre awards yeah. in, the, in the UK. So it's basically like... You've got like the Oscars uh, and the BAFTAs for like America have got the Oscars, uh, the UK yeah. have got the BAFTAs for like TV and film, and the Americans have got the Tony Awards for like the, mm-hmm. their premier theatre awards, and we've got the Olivier's and uh, a play I did last year that if you may remember, see on my social on uh, our social media channels and, and my social media that uh, there was a few massive UFC cards, like, was it 268, 267? It like, was, yeah. Blahovich, the Usman one, all those ones that I missed out on because I was doing this bloody play thinking, just this little play I'm doing, it's just this keeping me from watching the UFC. <laughs> We're nominated for a fucking Olivier, which no you one say expected. That. I do recall you 
uh, screenshotting uh, or, or messaging me. I might even put it on the socials, literally backstage before you went out with your iPad in your hand, trying to catch a few fights before. Uh, oh yeah, before stage time. So that's uh, what it takes to be nominated for an Olivier, guys, for your place. For <laughs> members of the cast to just be like, "Oh no, I've got to go on in a minute." How's Lerone Murphy doing? Oh, I missed this flying knee. That's uh, that's what you need. But yeah, that was that was great, man. Going to to something like that was amazing. So how, how, how is it for you there? Because I've been to, you know, when we've been to like UFC stuff together, like we can't help but sort of nudge each other and go, oh, oh God, oh God, look, 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 like, look who's over there. And like when we done that, uh, the, the, the media dash, we walked out, we, 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 we said ta-da uh, to uh, Jai Herbert. And then it was, I was like, oh my God, look, he's with Leon Edwards. He's with Leon Edwards. Yeah. And like, how's that when you're uh, uh, something more within your industry, I guess. Do you do you still do you still give the occasion? Oh my god, look look who's over there! No, I couldn't give two shits about actors. <laughs> I couldn't give two shits. It's just what I do. You just you you get paid more than me to do it. That's that's yeah. the difference. Eddie Redmayne was there. Uh, uh, him and Jesse Buckley won loads for like cabaret and stuff. And um, like, I mean, I, they're I both legit superstars. Oh, don't get they? me wrong. They're really mm. good actors. I mean, Eddie Redmayne's mm. won a bloody Oscar. I think he's been nominated for multiple Oscars. But, like, mm. I look at Eddie Redmayne, I go, oh, it's Eddie Redmayne. I look at, like, yeah. Leon Edwards or, you know, Dana White's uh, answering my question in the media room and I'm shitting myself. I'm like, this is amazing. Um, but, yeah, so, no, I don't care. Like, the actor thing doesn't bother me. Like, yeah. that's why this we love doing this podcast. I mean, let's let's... let's Pull the curtain back. We're not really earning any money from this, are we? We're doing this because we really... God, no. We, we, yeah. we do this because we really enjoy it. And because talking to Alexander Volkanovsky makes me really excited. Talk, talking yeah. to, you know, another actor, it doesn't matter how successful they are. I, I just think, oh, you're not, not that much different to me. That's the thing. And, like, you know, n- nowhere near the, the sort of legal level of... of, of you know, what you've done throughout your career. But obviously we met through my music podcast and I've, I've interviewed loads of musicians and actors, obviously. Uh, and I remember when I started this, nothing compared to the excitement I had when I interviewed Brad Pickett. Yeah. Like early on, because it sounds, I don't know if you agree with this, but obviously in the arts, to be creative and to excel within that field, is so difficult. It's such a competitive industry. But you have that in combat sports, yet you have to have something else, which is, I guess, what we discussed with so many guests. That thing where you don't get in that octagon and crumble. You go in there and, you know, it's 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 go time. And I think that's what creates the fascination for me with fighters, like that extra ingredient that means they're not like me and you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do, you, do you get where I'm going with this? A hundred percent. Yeah, that that yeah. is the thing. The, the, the fighters that have that, there's there's just something special about them. There, there, mm. There's something different where you go, I can't relate to that aspect of your mind at all. 100%. And it fascinates the hell out of me. Um, just someone that's willing to just get in there and do it against the best in the world. I mean, that yeah. is incredible. But before before we get on to, uh, to UFC 273 and, the, and our post-fight... A uh, little rundown of what went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're you're moving into the uh, the entertainment field a little bit, sir, because big you time, are mate, big time. Big time. <laughs> you are um, <laughs> you're going to be on the one show, aren't you? I am. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. Uh, they're doing a little feature on me 
little aid trip as as refugees out to the Ukraine. Like uh, you say, little aid trip. It, you know what you did was really impressive. You took stuff out there to like a, a place where it was desperately needed. Uh, yeah. uh, you know uh, the, what was it you had in the van? What kind of things did you have in the van to take over there to the refugees? About sixteen grand's worth of sanitary items, nappies, first aid, thermal clothing. Um, yeah, all, all the stuff that basically we that we was told that's what's required out there. So yeah, and that that stuff was all you know donated by the, the kindness of, of strangers and uh yeah so yeah the one show just come and done a little feature on it don't know when it's going out yet but uh i imagine in the next sort of couple of weeks so yeah keep keep keeping peeled i'm gonna be on the telly i'll be like you mate yes <laughs> the star power of the mma fan podcast there you go guys. there you go mate <laughs> There you go. Right, mate, I want to get on to talking uh, fights because, well, well, first of all, let me tell you how I watched it. Oh, so yeah, go, I, on. go on. I, I went at, um, it's my birthday in a week or so, so it fell this weekend that we was going to go out and have a few drinks in town. So we done that and got in quite late and, and I ended up like turning the telly on like, and it was like, oh, no, it started. Like, and that's just like, right, I've got, it's crunch time now. Like, and I was like, do you know what? I watched the first two and then I was like, not not fight past prelims, just the prelims. Then I was like, go to bed because you're going to write off Sunday otherwise. So I then, yeah, went to bed and, and got up nice and early and, and watched the rest of it. And oh my life, like, it it was a cracker. Yourself? It was great. So I woke up at, uh, just before 6am on Sunday morning quickly like half shutting my eyes so I couldn't see anything other than like the time bar on the uh, on the BT Sport stuff um, yeah. I, I fast forwarded to the Hamzat fight so I, I didn't get any spoilers on the other fights or anything I just fast forwarded to Hamzat so I watched Hamzat, uh, Sterling Yarn and I watched um, uh, Volkanovski and, uh, and then uh, we had a busy day. We had the birthday party. I had the Olivier's. I think I watched Ian Gary on the in, yeah. in my car ride to the Olivier's, all suited and booted. I was watching Ian Gary. <laughs> so that's Love how it. I did that one on my phone. And then, uh, and then I think I picked up bits just when when I could over the last couple of days. I had to travel into London yesterday. I was watching a bit on my phone. And yeah, so yeah, there are still actually a couple of fights I haven't quite watched, but we'll get onto okay. that. But. But it's been a weird, sporadic one, and that's one of the reasons that this this is going out much later than we we would have uh, yeah, wanted yeah. it to. We would like to get these uh, post shows out early so that you can listen to our takes on it early, yeah. immediately. We know you're you're yeah. you're hankering for it before listening to the next fights. But uh, sadly, we've but all you we've had been to go busy. to Olivier's, darling. Do you du- know what I mean? Love it, <laughs> Ducky, <laughs> Ducky. I had to go to the Olivier's, darling. Yeah. Me and Eddie Redman just having a a cognac and a, a cognac and a cigar on the old red carpet, sir. Um, uh, yeah, but no. Um, so, what do you want to start with first? Let's let's start at the top. Yeah, let's start at the top. I think unless you've you, you've got another way, how do you want to play it? No, I'm happy to start with the top. I'd, I'd, <clears throat> I'd, I'd, I'm sort of expecting something from you, but we'll we'll see if it if it comes up. <laughs> but um, right. Oh, I've got plenty to say about you, mate. Don't you worry. We'll get on to Gilbert Burns. Oh, there we go. Why would you want to jump straight in? (laughs) All right, yeah. I mean, 
For obviously, I, I hope that most listeners have, have listened to the pre-fight show with um, with Pip, and uh, yeah, I mean, ruthless on Gilbert Burns was Harrison. No, I, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, yes. I wasn't because here's the thing. I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming. I knew I was going to get absolutely licked because of the uh, because of the Gilbert Burns chat, and so I went back and listened. To that little oh, section you're of the pre show. you are. No, I can't I believe did. you done that. I did. I went back and listened because I was like, I know he's going to throw loads of shade my way when it comes to the Gilbert Burns stuff. I'm like, what did I actually say? And I'll tell you what, there's not really much I'd change about what I said. Your Honour. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, Pip, so Pip's put in here, uh, quoting you, Chamaya for the easy win over an overrated and very average Gilbert Burns. That is not true. I never said overrated <laughs> and very average. That is chatted absolute shit. You uh, definitely went into his, his... I'm sure you went I'll, into his record. I'll tell you what I said, because I made and a said couple he, of he, he beat a, Who did he say he beat a washed up someone? And like, no, yeah, I, 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 I remember thinking... I, I was welling up. I was thinking, I've never heard you be so horrible. And it was <laughs> like I was, I, I'd seen a side of you that I didn't like. Well, I'm saying we can blame the COVID. I was suffering with the with the, with the Rona at the time, but um, but no, we did. We look. I think you can say this about a few of the welterweights. It's weird how a lot of the top top welterweights, not all of them, but some of them have all seemed to avoided each other. Like you look at the top ten of the welterweight division at the moment. There's a lot of matchups that haven't been made between them all. You know, uh, and you go through Burns's record. Uh, I don't think it's bad to say that you know. A win over Tyron, who, let's be honest, we all know what's happened to Tyron. No one's looking oh, at Tyron. going in again. No. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm justifying what I said, and I don't think there's much I would change. Gilbert no. Burns, don't get me wrong. Was I, it a washed-up Wonderboy you said he beat? I never said a washed-up Wonderboy. I love Wonderboy, and you know I love Wonderboy, so that is really horrible of you to say that to me. Um, but I do worry about Wonderboy. Wonderboy's lost the last couple of fights. He's... he's his game is based around things that, that time will erode, that kind of speed and all that kind of stuff. And I do worry about him. He's lost to Burns. He's lost to uh, Bilal Muhammad. And I do wonder if Wonderboy's slightly getting a bit found out now and that his age is catching up with him a bit. And again, I, I love Wonderboy. I want to see Wonderboy do really well, but I, I can't help but think that's what's going on with Wonderboy. Um, and one of the other things I said was that I don't think there's many people in the welterweight top 10 that are looking at Gilbert Burns with fear. I don't think Sean Brady or Leon Edwards, if matched up with Gilbert Burns, would be going, oh, shit, I'm the massive underdog in this one. They, you know, I think they're going to be pretty confident. And I say that, no, we all know that fighters go into any fight confident or, or they, they train themselves to go into it confident. But I truly believe if you're Sean Brady, you're going... Gilbert Burns hasn't done anything amazing that really scares me or anything like that. So, yeah. and, and I think that's fair. I don't think that's a wrong statement. I think that's fair. I think where I probably went slightly wrong is saying that Kamzat's fight is, is for the belt next. Because I think after that fight with Burns, I'm not sure. I'm still well all aboard the Hamzat train. I think... Hamzat will be a champion. I said that Hamzat will be a champion. I still believe Hamzat will be a champion. But do I want to just pump the brakes on a little bit and keep him away from Usman for another fight or two? Yes, I do. I, I, I think that... Um, I, I think the fight itself, I expected the size to play more of a factor. I wonder if Hamzat cutting down to 
170. Does that affect his cardio? We've never really seen his cardio tested and Burns tested that and he did look like he got tired. But Hamza is a really big guy for that weight class. So maybe that had an impact on him. I, I, I think I was both impressed with Burns and not overestimating Chimaev necessarily, but just we just had such little footage to really study on Shemaev. That's changed now. This fight, what Burns has done is he's humanized Hamzat Shemaev. Hamzat Shemaev is no longer this, this mythical being that's come from, from Chechnya and Sweden to just like roll through people in one round and do what he did to the likes of Li Jingliang. Um, you know, he's, he's been humanized. There's going to be holes there. There's other fighters that will look at that fight now and go, Actually, I fancy myself. And I think the next fight that Dana White said for Hamza is probably Colby Covington. And I have to say, I think Colby will genuinely, legitimately fancy himself in that fight more so than he would have done pre-Gilbert Burns because uh, Colby's biggest weapon seems to be that the pace he can put on you, the cardio he has is phenomenal. And I do feel like Hamza seemed to... To, to to not not gas out, but but he did seem to get more tired as as the fight went on, and I think he seemed to come out very very fast. The weight cut, as I said, may be an issue in that, but um, but yeah, I think also I have to say I did expect it to be a bit more one sided, and I think I, I I maybe did slightly underestimate Burns's chances. You you agree with the decision? Um. I think I do. Yeah, I'll have to double check the notes. Well, what, you tell me what you think of it, and I'll just do a quick look through this. I, I thought it was really close. I do I think it, it was, was close. A, like, um, and I, you know, if you look at <clears throat> total strikes, one four one Burns, one two four Chimaev. Significant strikes, one one nine Gilbert Burns, one oh eight to Chimaev. Um, Chimaev gets the two takedowns. Um, I, I thought, yes. Uh, I, I think that third round, Jemayev probably nicked that through just constant forward pressure. Like I think it was the fact that he just kept marching forwards. But, you know, Burns was tired as well, make no mistake. Oh, you know? yeah. He was throwing wild haymakers. But, I mean, fuck me, what a fight. Yeah, I've, I've, just, I've just kind of double-checked my notes here that aren't just a bit where I was preparing for you to just come at me all guns blazing for my Burns comments. <laughs> <laughs> and I've put down round one. I, I've, I said I could have given that to Burns before the knockdown. So the knockdown yeah. threw that into Hamzat's favour. But actually round one was could have, could have given that to Burns prior the knockdown. But obviously the knockdown changed all that. Irrelevant. Hamzat wins that round. And then second round, you give that to Burns. And what I thought was really interesting was when he nearly illegally booted him in the face. And that yeah. only just missed. Um, and then there was a little bit of handbags after the, uh, after the buzzer as well. Um, and then round three, I've written here, can't call it. <laughs> yeah, so at live, I was like, I have no idea which way this is, this is going. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those things where we've learnt more about Hamzat. I, a, lot, a lot of people were probably going, I don't see Burns giving Hamzat a problem. Those people have to go, well, I, I massive, was underestimating Burns. But um, Also, importantly, Hamzat will learn a lot about himself from that. 100%. Because he got took into deep water there. And, yeah. you know, he, he didn't... 
the way that he come into that fight and the way that he was in, you know, media stuff to how he was after that fight, a much humbler fighter left that octagon, you know, and you could see that he'd learnt a serious fucking lesson in there, you know. It got it got it put on him, you know, he got wobbled and you know, he didn't look like you said, this kind of enigma that we we you know, that this this guy that's just going to plow through people. You just see that he's he's skin and bone like like Gilbert Burns, and yeah. he's fighting the number two guy, which is you know a, a legitimate test, and he got tested. And I don't think, and I don't think he's he's walked out of there thinking he's 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 had an incredible victory there because it was so tight. Obviously, it's good to get a victory over Gilbert Burns and put yourself in the position where he is now, where he's probably going to get the fight, Colby, but. Yeah, it, it, that that wasn't for me uh, a clear cut victory. You know, I know plenty of oh, people no. that thought Burns nicked that, and yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I know it won't happen, but I'll watch that all over again. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I know, I know what you mean. I, I, as a fight, it could get booked again in the future for sure. One thing to remember with regards to Shemaev, he's twenty seven years old. Mm. You know. Is he younger than Paddy Pimblett? How old's Paddy? I've got. I'm going to guess. I think he's 26, but I might be wrong. You look that up. But 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 Hamza is 27 years old. He's still got a long way. He's, it's only his 11th professional fight. He's 11 and 0 now. That's that's to be now ranked. Is he ranked now second or third in the UFC? Third. He's ranked third, number three in the UFC in welterweight. And he's 27 and he's 11 and 0. That is actually really impressive. Um, and I, I think to say, if anyone's now doubting Hamza, I think you're, you're massively wrong. I think what this does is it, as you said, gives him a lot more to think about. It, 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 as we say, it humanizes him a bit more. He's not this now unbeatable force. We, we can see holes there and we can see a situation now where if Colby versus Hamza is a fight that's made... There's a lot of people I think would favour Colby in that fight um, because of what we see. Paddy's 27. Paddy's 27. So he's the same age as Paddy. Um, mm. So, you know, that, that shouldn't be lost on people. There's a lot of growth to be had there from Hamza. Mm. Um, and so I, I'm still well aboard the Hamza train. I have, I have no intention of getting off that train anytime soon. I, mm. I, I think he could easily be champion. But I do think... If I'll tell you what I think. If I was Kamaru Usman... I'd be going, give me Hamzat now. I'd, I'd mm. want Hamzat now before he gets better. Because Hamzat at 27, 11 and 0, very different to Hamzat at 31 after, what, I don't know, like 10, 11 more fights, whatever it might be, in the UFC. Like, that, there's a big, a big difference there between Hamzat now and Hamzat in three, four years' time, I, I think. So get him now. Before no, don't he learns get him stuff. now. Let Leon Edwards no, fucking oh, no. fight for that belt. Look, I'm What's your you. problem with Leon Edwards now? Oh, stop. You finish with Burns. You're working your way through the welterweights. I don't know what's wrong with you. I love Leon. And I said in the last episode, <laughs> he should get the fight. But I'm saying, if you are Kamaru Usman, not if you're a fan, not if you're Dana White, not if you're the UFC, if you are Kamaru Usman, you want to get Hamzat earlier rather than later because I think that's a win if you get it that will age incredibly well look great on your legacy and you've got more chance of beating Hamzat now than you do in three years two years time I think that's my personal opinion 
And I'm saying that Usman's the pound-for-pound pound greatest on the planet. He might not give a shit about Hamzat in two years' time, and he still thinks he's, he's the best thing going. And I can't blame him because he really is that good. But... I see it differently. Go on, then. I think, right, if I, was, if I was Usman, I'd think, do you know what? My focus right now is Leon Edwards, and that's a problem. I need to get past Leon Edwards. Yeah, but that's not booked uh, yet. I thought that was booked. As far as I'm aware, Dana White has said that's the fight. But yeah. no contracts have been signed. Oh, as far as I'm aware. I don't, I don't think a contract's been signed. And again, I want Leon to get that shot. I want a British fighter to fight for the belt. And Leon, more than anyone in that division, deserves the title shot. I mean, nine or ten fight win streak, whatever the hell it is he's on. Leon deserves that shot more than pretty much anyone in the UFC, regardless of weight class. I am all for Leon getting that shot. However, if you're Kamaru Usman and you look at Leon Edwards on a 9-10 fight win streak, who's improved so much, is very, very well-rounded, but isn't necessarily a global star giving you loads and loads of pay-per-view points. Or you see Hamzat Shemaev, who is already a global star, who is already someone that I think will get far more pay-per-view buys than Leon with all due respect to Leon I think that's just a fact you look at he's got like three point something million followers on Instagram I don't know how many Leon's got but I doubt it's over a few hundred thousand so if you're Kamara Usman I think Hamzat's possibly now maybe even an easier fight and you get way more money if I was Kamara Usman that's what I'd be doing but I want as a fan as myself I want Leon to fight for the belt next see I think he you know, uh, I think he, you know, that the fight with Leon Edwards happens. You know, Dana said it's going to happen. Dana's also said that, you know, Colby's the next fight uh, in line. So for me, for if I was this man, sorry, yeah, um, I, I, I would think, do you know what I'm going to do here? I'm going to fight Leon Edwards, and, and I, I reckon this man thinks he's going to win. Of course, he thinks he's going to win that. He's a fighter. Um, I'd also be thinking, do you know what? I'm going to let Chimaev go five rounds with Colby because Colby's tough as hell. What is that going to take out of Chimaev? If Chimaev wins it, it could give him a lot. What, what, why, why would, on that performance, would you think that he's going to beat I Colby Covington? I don't necessarily think he's going to beat Colby Covington. Yeah. A gun to my head right now, if that was a five-round fight coming up in three months' time and I had to, you know, bet my house on it, I'd possibly lean towards Colby I don't know I think my mind would chop and change up towards mm. the fight happening I find it very difficult to want good things for yeah. Colby <laughs> for obvious reasons yeah absolutely but absolutely from an objective point of view yeah I can see a world where Colby does beat Hamzat through just sheer volume and pace and all that stuff but I also see a world where I think Hamzat actually does hit quite hard it's just that Gilbert's got a great chin mm-hmm. and I can still see Hamzat doing all right and again Hamzat, even in six months' time, after they watch all the footage of this Gilbert Burns fight, Hamzat in six months' time will be a way better fighter than the Hamzat that fought Saturday just gone. And that will keep happening, I think, for the next few years, which is why I think it's better for Usman's legacy and for Usman's team. If you're Usman's manager, I think you'd be saying, Kamaru, you want to fight Hamzat ASAP because I think you'd be a big favourite. He's still going to get great pay-per-view points, and that fight will age incredibly well for your legacy. That's what I'm saying. But you all know, I feel like I have to repeat this because of the way you asked you, 
and you'll like slander me in a couple of weeks' time. I want Leon Edwards to fight for the belt next, and he deserves to fight for the belt next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're going to take that bit out in the edit, and that's not going to be there, and then you're going to slander me again in a few weeks' time. <clears throat> um, and it also got fight of the night, and rightly so. It was 100%. incredible. Yeah. It, it was absolutely incredible, and yeah, I, I, it was just in- incredible to watch. Right, where do you want to go next, mate? Um, well, do you know what? In a weird way, why don't we do Sterling and Yarn? Just because okay. that was fascinating. I With Sterling and Yarn, I feel like I need to re-watch the fight. Because I feel okay. like there's so many aspects of it that I'm still not 100% certain of. And I've seen from different MMA media outlets, people scoring the fight differently. Now... Mm. For me, having only watched it once and watching it live as the kids were coming downstairs and running around and all that stuff, the big question is round one. I think it's obvious that round two went to Sterling when he got his back and controlled him. Mm -hmm. I didn't score that as a 10-8, but I know some people did. But I didn't think that there was any like fight-ending scenarios. I didn't think there was any huge amount of damage. So that, to me, was a 10-9 round in favour of Sterling. Um. Round... The, the first round, he, he, he outstruck him as well. Well, I'll get on to round one, because that's where I'm not sure, having only watched it once live, but I really want to rewatch round one. Um, okay. Round three, again, got the takedown the way he was smiling to his corner when he got his back. You're like, whoa, this is not what I was expecting. Sterling, 2-1 up. Again, not a 10-8 round for me. Um, then I think Jan in round four came out fast, controlled him a bit on the ground, that's 2-2, two, two, uh, well, that was um, uh, Jan's round winning that. And then I think in round five, Jan landed the bigger strike and wins round five. Going back to round one, so that that I would say is 2-2. Two, two. two and three to Sterling, four and five to Jan. I'd, I'd agree with that. And round one, I watching it live, gave it to Jan. I can't remember exactly why. I don't know if I felt like he just landed the harder, more impactful strikes. But I gave round one to Yarn. But I do think I need to. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Rewatch it. Uh, I, I thought Aljo's footwork was impressive, really impressive. Uh, I thought he he worked the octagon really, really well. Uh, he outstruck him uh, twenty shots to thirteen shots in the first round, um, nineteen to thirteen, significant. Um, there was no knockdowns. Obviously, there was no attempts at submissions or anything. So, I guess looking at that alone. You'd, you'd edge towards Aljo. Um, but it's not, that's, that's it. see, that's tricky. I know exactly what you mean by doing that. And you're possibly right in this scenario to look at that. But not all significant strikes are created equal. Some significant strikes are more impactful than, and cause more damage than other significant strikes. So that in itself is really tricky when it comes to just measuring the significant strikes. That's not, that's not just a stat that you can go by. But I don't recall Jan, you know, throwing anything that significant that it, it troubled Sterling. I thought I thought they both looked very. The, the first round, obviously, they were just finding their feet a little bit, and 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 there was a lot of movement and not as many strikes as I would have liked to have seen. But yeah, um, I'm I'm a big Peter Jan fan. Um, I but when we got to the decision, I I. I I didn't question it in my head that that that, that decision went Aljo's, and I know that you thought before the people, decision was made that was definitely Aljo's win. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like, see, um, I can understand I, not I, I knowing. Thought, I thought, yeah, I thought the last two rounds, but I thought he took the first three. There you go. Well, um, and well, look, you 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 were right. The the, the, the judges, got, it was a split decision, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a split decision. Dana White has split. come out and said that he thought the judges got it wrong. I know, and that he thought Yarn won that fight. I've looked at a lot of MMA. What, what, sorry, just quickly on that. What What are your thoughts on on the president coming out and saying that? Do you think that's that's something that should be left behind closed doors and and be discussed with, you know, if if it's that outrageous and you know. Uh, and and there's people calling for some kind of decision to be made on on the decision. Do you think that's do you think that's something that, that that the guy that owns the company should be talking openly about? Don't get me wrong. I like the fact that there's a lot of stuff that Dana does talk about publicly. Um, but I don't know. When when I heard that, I thought if I was Aljo and I'd, I'd done everything I'd done and I got the belt, I, I'd be like, fucking hell, man, like. I mean, I I agree with, with what you're saying in terms of like if you were Sterling, you you'd be pretty pissed off. Same as like when Dana White went out there and absolutely slagged off Engano and Lewis after their fight and stuff like that. It very publicly, didn't he slag off uh, um, Anderson Silva after the Damian Meyer fight mm. that he had many years ago? As a fan, I quite like. Not that I want to hear. Fighters get get demoralized or um, uh, uh, talk spoken badly about by uh, by particularly by like the president of the organization. I think that as a fan, though, I really like his honesty 
and I really like that he just comes out and says what he thinks. My problem with that is that I think there's a lot of people that that don't really have a mind where they kind of question things too much and they go, well, if Dana White said it, it must be true. Because that's something I don't believe. I've looked at most MMA media members seem to have scored it for Sterling, which again makes me think I probably need to rewatch round one. I think I missed something. Um, There's a lot of people out there that will probably go, Dana White doesn't believe Sterling won, so he's still not my champion. And I think Sterling's going to have to put up with a lot. He's been kind of a bit of a pantomime villain for MMA fans since that illegal knee and what happened with him kind of accepting the belt afterwards because his initial response in the cage was great. The way he just threw the belt down, I don't want this. But then it was post that in Instagram stuff and all that where he's being with the belt and he's really played up to that over the last few months of like, I am the champ and all this kind of stuff. And now that he is legitimately the the champion i still think there's a lot of mma fans that will question it and one of the big things they'll use against sterling is yeah but dana white even said that you didn't win it and dana white must know more than anyone else because he's the president and i don't know if i totally agree that dana white does know more than anyone else because he's the president i think there's probably referees judges and maybe even some mma media members that know the rules even more intimately than Dana White. Dana White's a busy man dealing with a hell of a lot of stuff. So, and also I'm assuming he's just watched it once live cage side. It's, it's different. It is, you know, there will be things that he or anyone in that situation would miss. So I, I don't like the implications it has on fighters, but I do like as a fan that when Dana White gets on the mic, I feel like he's saying what he believes and what he thinks. And there's no, well, there's no obvious politics behind it. I suppose the, the the one thing is that you could argue that Dana White likes PTR's style of fighting more than he would like Aljo's style of fighting. It's obviously a bit bigger business to have strikers doing well than like the wrestlers and the guys that are, you know taking someone's back and being there for five minutes without doing a huge amount of damage might win you the round but it's not going to win you a huge amount of fans and it's not going to put a lot of money in the pockets of the big wigs of the UFC. So you could argue that Dana White saying something like that is also a way of him, you know, being a little bit anti the fight style of of someone like Aljamain Sterling, potentially. I guess so. I guess so. But, you know, you've got to look at who some of Dana's closest friends are, you know, Matt Serra. Like Aljo's, you know, Aljo's, you know, Sarah's boy, and you know he's he's learned how to fight by em- emulating that, you know, a very similar sort of, you know, wrestling jiu-jitsu style that Matt Sarah's so famous for. I don't know. I, 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 I you know, I was quite excited to see him get the back. I thought he's going to win this. Uh, he's going to he's going to you know choke him out, and I, I, I couldn't believe I was seeing it. And I think he looked very comfortable there. Um, props to Peter Yarn uh, for defending that for a long time, yeah. you know, against somebody as skilled as Sterling, you know. Um, but for me, I don't know what's going to be next for Peter Yarn. I suppose he's going to be calling for a rematch, but I, I think we're going to see Sterling Dillashaw, surely? I Well, I think Sterling Dillashaw makes sense as much as I am not a huge fan of what Obviously, Dillashaw did when he made that cut to 125 and uh, popped 3PO. Um, 
I do think it sort of makes sense because technically TJ never lost his bantamweight belt in the cage. So again, Mm -hmm. if Sterling's having to deal with the thing of like, well, we think Jan beat you and all this kind of stuff that he's going to have to deal with from some fans, not from me. I, I, I'm as much as I initially scored it, scored it for Jan. I am quite happy if with Sterling being the champ. I don't necessarily think that my uh, scoring was 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 correct. It's just how it. I felt like it was in the moment. Um, but I think the TJ thing is another shadow that he might have to overcome, and he'll want to put behind him because. Well, it'd be nice for Sterling to not be the bad guy. It'll be lovely for Sterling to not be the bad guy. I think so. That's a really smart PR move for Sterling to call out TJ. But also, I think TJ never actually lost his belt in the cage. And that's something that he can say. And he can put his stamp on it and say, no one is the champ until they beat me. Because I didn't lose my belt. My belt was taken from me because of something I did at another weight class. So... Mm. I think that it'll be a great thing for Sterling to fight and potentially beat TJ because then that legitimizes him even more as a champion. And as you say, get some fans out of it as well. Peter Yarn is the really exciting one. What to do next with Yarn? Because I think you have to, have to, have to make the Marab Devashvili fight. Marab yeah. and Sterling are best mates. Stable mates. It yep. keeps that going. If if Jan wants a title shot again, if he thinks he deserves one and he won that fight and blah blah blah, beating up Sterling's mate when Sterling might even corner him for that fight, that is one way to do it. To well, Mirab Mirab uh, cornered Sterling, didn't he? And in, yeah. in all of the stuff that you were seeing, like uh, uh, media engagements where they're giving it to each other. Mirab was there and he was giving it as yeah. well. There was, you know, so there's, there's, you know, there's a bit of story there, isn't there? I, 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 you know, I like what you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's great for Mirab because Mirab is one of those guys that I think a lot of people probably avoid because he is very, very high risk as a matchup and probably not a huge amount of reward in comparison to some of the other names around that division, like your Sandhagens and Jose Aldos and Pityans and all that kind of stuff and Dominic Cruz, you know. So I think Marab's in a tough spot, but I think that him getting the yarn fight works really well for him in terms of moving himself up the rankings and getting a huge win on his record if he can make that happen. And it works really well for Pity Yarn as well, because if he beats Sterling's mate and says, you never beat me before, I'm cool, and look what I did to you in the first fight and blah, 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 then it makes perfect sense for Yarn to potentially get another crack at the belt down the line if he's got a win over Marab Devashvili and he can, you know, cut a really good promo and stuff. So that's the fight I really want to see. Okay. Right. Shall we move on? Let's move on. Shall we move up to the main event? Yeah, let's do it. God, I love Volkanovski. I just love him. I love him as a human being. And I love him as a fighter. He's uh, one of the most... His full, full name, Blake, uh, a friend of the show. Friend, uh, friend of the show, Alexander Volkanovsky. <laughs> Is that how Bruce Buffer's going to announce him next? Absolutely. Uh, uh, performance <laughs> of the night, and rightly so. God, it was just phenomenal, wasn't it? He's just, he's just a step above. It's, just, mm. it's him and Max. And a lot of people would throw maybe AJ McKee from Bellator, who's fighting this weekend in, in that featherweight mix. Um, I'm not... I don't know, but... He's, 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 he's so good. He's so well-rounded. And it just seems like such a great guy. Well, we know he's a great guy. We interviewed him. Go and check out our interview mm. with Alexander Volkanovsky. He's a really great bloke. 
And he is up there in that pound-for-pound conversation. I still think Usman is number one. But I, I think there's an argument that Volk is second. I really do. I, I, I think he's... There's just nowhere that he's not really, really good. Striking, mm. grappling, wrestling. Or, he's really good absolutely everywhere. And he can mix it up so well. Go f- Transitions from, from the striking into the wrestling. All that stuff. His footwork, his movement. All that stuff is so good. His striking was so crisp. It's so crisp. Vos- Zombie just, just had nothing for him. Absolutely nothing. Mm. You, did you say that Zombie... He's called Zombie for a reason. You can't put him away. Did you say that in the yeah. pre-show? And I was absolutely yeah. correct yeah. because yeah. you didn't put Zombie away. Herb Dean rescued Zombie. So, yeah. again, my statement was 100% correct. Zombie didn't get knocked out. Zombie didn't give up. Herb Dean yeah. saved him, and rightfully so. That was a great call from yeah. Herb Dean. But had Herb Dean not Could- stepped in, the zombie would have kept going for another 25 minutes. <sighs> I don't know. He was bust up, man. Like And... I think that could have been stopped a little earlier. And I'm not hating on Herb Dean. You know, when he stopped it, I, I literally, it was the only time I was vocal uh, sitting in my front room uh, by saying yes, like, because he was never going to win that at all. There was no way he was going to turn that fight around. But that's um, not Herb Dean's Volk situation. Looked... That's that's the corner. That's <clears throat> Zombie's corner should be taken. And more MMA fighters that should not be left up to their own devices. And it also shouldn't just be put on the referees. It shouldn't be for Mark Goddard to say, look, mate, you got 30 seconds. I know this isn't the zombie fight, but this was, uh, what fight was it where he was saying that? You got 30 seconds to turn oh, this around. Remember. Otherwise, it's, Couple events ago, it's over. It? Yeah. But it, it shouldn't even be for Mark Goddard to say that. The corner should come in and they should say, mate, I train with you day in, day out. You're with us all the time. There'll be other opportunities or, or d- this is just not worth it for your long-term health. They should be the ones to make that decision, I think. I know it's pressure to put on them, but they know these fighters better than anyone else. And as you said, there was quite early on a point in that fight between Volk and Zombie where you went, there's no way Zombie's winning this. Just why are you letting him get punished even more? I think Herb Dean did a really good job. I think, if anything, it was Zombie's corner that let him down and letting him go out for that fourth fight. Isn't there a clip of Volkanovski even saying to Zombie, are you all right? Are you sure you want to carry on? Well, he said afterwards, didn't he? He said, I, I, you know, he, he said he thought he could have been stopped earlier. He was starting to feel bad. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's, I mean, Christ, yeah. You know, when, when you've got the Korean Zombie coming at you, you don't need to be feeling bad, do you? But that shows the state he was in. And no one's going to know more, more than, you know, aside from obviously Zombie, Volk's going to know exactly what he's put on him, exactly what, you know, what he's throwing back. And, yeah, I, I think, and, and, you know, we all love the zombie as well. I don't know, you know, he said afterwards he don't know if he's done. You know, uh, he's got nothing left to prove, you know. he's a, a He's got to be a Hall of Famer at some point. He's a legit ledge. Yeah. And, like, and, yeah, but it just, as you said, to sort of touch on what you said at the beginning, it goes to show that there's Max and there's Volk and there's a, Big, big gap in that division. Um, but that gap's getting smaller. And one of the things that I found really exciting, um, I don't know if you uh, you picked up on it, but um, let me just pull up the, 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 the rankings. Um, one of the things that I really liked uh, was everybody, when they were throwing names about who's next, Arnold Allen kept getting mentioned. And... And I was like, whoa, I mean, that's a 
another big jump, but I am all over that. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a fight too soon. I don't know if we're going to see another, you know, uh, uh, are we going to get a max fight? I don't know. Like, I, I think the sensible thing to do, what, what I think is in the works but not announced yet, is Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. I think that yeah. makes perfect sense for the summer. Um, mm-hmm. I think Allen's sixth, Cater's fifth. And everyone above them has either fought or lost. Like uh, Ortega, obviously lost to Volk. Chanson Jun lost to Volk. Yair Rodriguez lost to Ortega. No, wait, hang on. What happened to lost to Holloway uh, recently? So cool, he's though. coming he off really a loss. Well. Yeah, so he's coming off a loss. So the I think what should happen is Max fights Volk for the belt. You, you, he's just you can't. I know that Volk's got two wins over Max, but Max pieced up Calvin Cater, and then he did the similar thing, uh, although it was a tougher fight, but he, he, he won convincingly enough in a decision against Yair Rodriguez. You, you can't deny Max. He's clearly up there. And who doesn't want to see the two best in their weight class just going at it regularly? I mean, I've got no problem with it. I think Volk versus Max is the fight to make next. I think Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen should be a number one contender fight for after the Max Volkanovski fight. Obviously, if somehow Max were to beat Volkanovski, and I don't think he does, I think Volk just is so good at the moment. But if Max were to beat Volkanovski, I think you can give Volk an immediate rematch. But I think the winner of Cater versus Arnold Allen should be next in line after Max Holloway. I think that makes all the sense in the world. And obviously, we would love to see Arnold Allen get that win against Calvin Cater, and then go on and fight for the belt. And where, where's Brian Ortega fit in all of this? Well, uh, he just needs to rest up, man. Uh, that beating he took from Volkanovski was... Yeah, brutal. Brutal. You could do Brian Ortega versus Yair Rodriguez, both guys coming off of big losses. Let 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 Ortega just heal up for a long time, though. When, when was that fight? Was it... Um, Like, maybe September of last year or something like that? When was it? I felt like that was a bit longer ago than that. That was, it was September last yeah, year. Yeah, September right. last year was Ortega. Give him like almost an entire year off to recover. Let, let him fight, say, Yair Rodriguez in August or July or something like that. And make it a five-round fight because it'd be brilliant. But whoever wins that fight is still only had one win after a loss. So I think it makes sense to to give the 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 title shot after Max to Arnold Allen uh, Calvin Cater. I mean, if Arnold Allen, how many wins is Arnold Allen on now? Nine, ten? Uh, Something stupid, uh, isn't it? Nine? I've got a feeling. Uh, you know, why, why am I got 11 in my head? I must be wrong. I no, you, you might be right. I don't know. Uh, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, uh, eighteen and one. So let's see. 11 fight win streak. Yeah, 11 fight win streak. But in the UFC, UFC win streak of like one, two, seven, eight, nine. Nine fight win streak in the UFC. Nine fight win streak in the UFC. If he beats Calvin Cater, that's not booked yet. It's apparently in the works. But if he beats Calvin Cater, that's a 10 fight win streak. You can't deny him a title shot after that. And he's beat Dan Hooker. And Calvin Cater in, in on that win streak as well. If he, if he does do that, that's phenomenal, man. You've got to give him a title shot. You can't deny him any longer. And there's really no one else that's put something like that together. I know that Ortega's a huge name. I know Yair Rodriguez is a huge name, but I think it's obvious. Max Volk is the way to go. It's the fight that should have been booked this time around, but Max dropped out of injury. We still don't know what that injury was. Uh, make that fight if Max is healthy. And then the winner of Cater versus Allen is... is is the way to go after that? Yep. Torres Dern, should we discuss? Yeah, so this this was another uh slightly interesting one, I think. Where I think they they potentially could have been a 10-8 in, in this round. Again, maybe we have to get Sean Sheehan back on the show and start going over this again because I'm I yeah. do get confused by some of this stuff. But some people gave Sterling a 10-8 in I think it was round two of his fight with Yarn. And he did like no real damage. He just had, he had dominance, he had duration, but there was no fight ending scenario. There was no damage. Whereas Mackenzie Dern in round two of this fight with Torres, she went full bear Jew, tried to pull guard and she locked up that Kimura from like, she jumped guard. Oh, it looked, looked amazing. Like, looked so bad. Looked like that, that was a fight ending scenario as far as I'm concerned. Then uh, uh, there was also the potential of there, was there like a knee bar or something after that mm. that looked, Tight-ish, but not as bad as the as the Kimura. So I think that is potentially a ten eight. I know, I know that it's not necessarily. Maybe there was duration and dominance. That I don't know. I'd have to rewatch it. But it's hard to. I, I find it hard to score first rounds of a lot of fights because I think the fighters are always feeling each other out. And it's you know unless something dramatic happens, it's really hard sometimes to score first rounds of fights. I found that in the Sterling Yarn fight, and I found that in this fight as well. Uh, I think I gave it to Dern. She edged it because she got probably the most impactful strike at the towards the end of the first round. So I think I gave round one to Dern. Round two, you have to give to Dern. Round three, I gave to Torres. But, you know, it was a Dern win. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess, uh, you know, where that leaves everyone, I, I, I guess everybody's kind of... I guess we've got to wait and see what happens with Rose and Esparza, and I think things have become a little bit more clearer. Then, I guess, um, yeah. Um, I, I'm hearing um, talks of maybe a rematch uh, with Jeanne and um, 
Oh god, I forgot. Joanna. Oh, I forgot. Joanna. Yeah. Oh mate, I cannot wait. That is potentially in the works. Dana White said so himself. He also said in a press conference, like someone asked him, "Is that five rounds or three rounds?" And he was like, "Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, do you want me to make it five rounds?" And the guy was like, "Yes, please." And he was speaking for all yeah. of us when he said that. We want a five round fight between Joanna and Wei Lee. We and, want that giant head. That's not going to happen oh, in three rounds. Mate, no, I, I don't know if I can see that giant head again, man. That was that was too much. But in terms of it being one of the best fights I've ever seen, give me five rounds of that fight. Yes, please. That was phenomenal. Um, so Joanna's yeah. incredible. <clears throat> I, I, I love watching her fight. I love watching her train. Um, she's starting to put up a lot more training videos on her socials at the moment uh, and, and just... Not seeing many kicks, but seeing lots of hands. And I don't know how the break, how she's going to come back from that break. Is that a good fight to come back from a break too? I don't know. Should there be something to to find your feet back in the octagon a little bit before you fight somebody that high up? She's been out for a long time now. Um, and yes, she's a, a, a legend. But, you know, you look at you look at her like her hands, but, you know, against who could be the future champ against Esparza. Like when she took that belt from Carlo Esparza, it was brutal, yep. like ferocious hands. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up for, you know, Zhang very tight, you know, that she wasn't, she still isn't the champ, you know, that she isn't mm-hmm. the champ. That was a very close, close fight last time. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm all over that fight, but I think that might be, I don't know, a little bit, I think one little fight back in, you know, before that, you know, fight, fight Angela Hill or someone like that, you know, Walterson, like somebody, you know, good experienced fighter, you know, get, get a few rounds under your belt. Um, and then, then start going against somebody like Zhang. I know that's not the UFC no. way. They're not going to do that. It's the big money fight. It's not just the, the UFC though. Like I, I don't get me wrong. I, I agree with what you're saying to a point, but Yuan has been out. Not because the UFC haven't wanted to give her a fight. Yuan has been out, from mm. what I know, because she's demanded and wanted more money. And you could say she thoroughly deserves that money after some of the fights she's put on and the champion that she was. However, if the UFC have finally gone, okay, we'll pay you the kind of money you're after, or we've compromised and we've struck a deal with you now, there's no warm-up fights when you're on bigger money. It's you're straight in with the Sharks. You're straight in with the big fights. and. And Joanna should probably want that as well. She'll want the quickest route to the title and she'll want to earn that big money. You're not going to earn that big money necessarily by fighting the Watersons and the Angela Hills of the world. You're going to get it by rematching Wei Li in what was the greatest female fight of all time. And that, that, again, people are calling for that to be a five-round fight. No one cares whether... She, if Joanna was to fight a Waterson or, or an Angela Hill, as much as we love Angela Hill... No one's going to be like, oh, can we get five rounds of that, please? But they are going yeah. to be saying that for Wei Lee, and that's where you get the extra money as well. You can That could easily headline a big fight night card or be a five-round co-main or co-co-main event uh, uh, on a pay-per-view card. Um, go- going back to, to Mackenzie Dern, I think one thing that impressed me is I think she's made strides with her striking, which she needed to do. But she's still a long way off those real legit strikers in that division. And that's where you think she could come unstuck again if she can't get something to the ground. Because again, you look at the top of the strawweight division. One of the reasons I think it's so exciting is that 
the majority of the best strawweights in the world are all strikers. Marina Rodriguez, yeah. who's looking at a title shot. Uh, Rose, who's the champion. Wei Li, I know. Carla Car- Espars is not. No, I know, but that's a one-off. Like, you, you, mm. if you list the top five or six um, strawweights in the world, you're looking at Rose, Wei Li, Marina Rodriguez, Joanna Jacek, and then you may be throwing Carla Esparza. I mean, I'm not saying that there's a particular yeah. order there. I'm just saying of the top five, there's one wrestler, one grappler, and the rest are all strikers. So I think Dern needs to, to keep working with Jason Perillo and really keep improving that striking as much as she can in order to instigate the grappling exchanges where she'll have a massive advantage over everyone else, except maybe yeah. Esparza, you know. Okay. Okay. Um. There's a couple of fights I haven't seen. I haven't seen the fight past prelim, the prelim. So I've not seen um, uh, Olenek, who uh, obviously had his uh, <laughs> 77th fight. Sixtieth uh, win. That's insane, right? It's madness. I annoyingly haven't watched that either. Yeah, I haven't had time. But that, what an incredible I, I gather, thing! Sixty. I wins. gather it was a submission. Uh, and I did see the the footage of him afterwards, where he, uh, it, it looks like um, uh, Vandera. Uh, he's talking about. Yeah, comes up to him and uh, and asks him to show him yeah. what he done. And like, I mean, that's a lovely thing to yeah, see. Man. Do you know what I mean? Like, Love that. Um, so yeah, I guess we, we we're not necessarily qualified to to, to say too much about that fight. Um, let's talk Ian Gary. Come on, let's talk Ian Gary. Yeah, that's that's where we're trying to get to, isn't it? Um, uh, well, I don't know. It, 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 like, like Paddy, you know, there's a lot of expectation and hype around uh, friend of the show, Ian Gary, um, and I thought he he put on a a, a really solid display. I think uh, Darian Weeks was tough. Um, I think. Ian Gary got some some good experience, you know, on a on a big stage, over three rounds. Um, I thought his striking was solid. I thought his movement was good. He thought his jab was great. Um, yeah, I don't think he done anything wrong. Yes, everybody would like to get another big Ian Gary KO, um, but yeah, I, I I thought he didn't do anything wrong. I thought it was a a, a, a solid win. Yeah. It wasn't the most I didn't think it was super exciting. Um and and you know, we're we're big fans of Ian on this show, but I'm gonna be honest and say it was, you know, I was wanted him to win, obviously. Glad to see him win, but you know, I didn't think it was a super exciting fight. I thought it was a you know, a competent and solid victory for, for, for Ian Gary. What did you think? I thought this was brilliant for Ian. I, I think don't get me wrong. If he'd have run through him in round one and cut a great promo and all that, then, yeah, he's going to get the Paddy Pimblet treatment and be, you know, made into a bit more of a star and all that stuff. But, again, Ian Gary's 24 years old. He's, you know, he's only on, like, nine or ten fights or whatever it is he's on. Um, a fight like this is great. He can learn loads. And, again, he was never really in any danger. He seemed to be a step ahead the whole time. and. He got 15 minutes in with a guy that's that's durable and dangerous. He'll learn loads from that. His team will learn loads from that. He's over at Sanford MMA training with some of the absolute best guys in the world. So washed up Gilbert Burns. How dare you? Um, (laughs) But uh, 
you know, I, I, I think this is really good for him. Again, it wasn't overly exciting, but he overcomes some adversity. He had like a, a bloody nose at one point. Um, I think the gap between him and Weeks grew as the fight went on, which makes me think that Gary's cardio is in a really good place as well. Mm. So he he looked he looked he did not look gassed at any given point. I no. thought he looked like more than comfortable. Yeah, I don't think he thought at any point like he didn't. It, you know, I'm sure he would have loved to get the finish, but he looked very comfortable in there. He didn't look at any given point like he was he was in trouble. And and I guess. You know, I know you don't get paid for overtime and you, you want to get in and out of there as quick as possible, but there is a lot to be said for, you know, getting them rounds in early on because, you know, t- talking about, obviously, Hamza earlier, you know, mm. you don't know anything about them. And then when they do finally get these big fights, they gas a little mm. and, you know, they, they look vulnerable. They look like, you know, oh, hang on a minute, they're, they're not this... This this beast that the, the the media's you know presenting us with, and so I think it's really good. And I think you know Ian Gary will come away from that as Willie's camp just um, happy that he's got that you know them rounds under his belt, and uh, and, and come out of there in great nick um, with a solid win. Yeah. And uh, and and I just think he's great. I I, I love the way that um, I like the way he talks. I like the fact that. Yes, he's very confident, and you know we've we've seen that confidence on the the, the the several times he's been on the podcast. But he's a really nice dude as well. You know, there's never none of it's ever directed at his opponent. You know, you know media down there, everything's like high fives, hugs, smiles, chat. I like that. Do you know what I mean? And and I understand lots of fighters like Connor, obviously in them situations, he liked to you know fan the flames and get everybody you know went up and worked up and the fans love all that but personally I, I quite like the fact that he's a real gent as well and he does his he does his talking in the octagon and I'm I'm really excited to see uh the the the, the career of, of 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 Ian Gary start to unfold over the next few years like you say he's so young and there's 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 so much to come and congratulations to him and Layla on the baby news mm. as well yeah. a little uh, mini Gary going to be on the way yeah Mini and Gary. Absolutely. Uh, did did you see? Did you notice this? It's maybe a testament to how kind of dominant the performance was without it being overly like in your face or anything. But before it was announced, Herb Dean Herb Dean sort of raised his arm. Did you see that? No. Yeah. <laughs> it was like um, you know, and the winner by unanimous and Herb Dean had already like half raised his arm, but then paused. Because it hadn't been announced, and then went Ian Gary, and then fully extended his arm. <laughs> oh, Darian Weeks, you poor man! I know. <laughs> You'd all see it coming. Um, other than that, Brilliant. Um, uh, Madsen, I think he he, he beat uh, Vink Pichel. Who? Yeah, Vink. Oh, Vink, Vince, Vince Pichel. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean. What again? Not overly exciting. Like it was a decent fight. It was nice. Pichel actually got a takedown against an Olympian, which was uh, pretty impressive. But um, but yeah, but Madsen just rolling along again. His performances like that aren't going to have you kind of rocketed up the rankings. He's probably going to end up fighting someone, you know, very much outside the top fifteen next. And he's not a spring chicken, so you kind of want him to get get really going and get those bigger names early, so that you can really see what he's capable of doing. But I thought Pichel actually did really, really well. Uh, uh, Malot's KO of of Mickey Gall was pretty impressive. Did you see that? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Ian Gary's uh, teammates didn't have the greatest night. Uh, obviously, Burns, you know, didn't didn't get what you know the, the decision he wanted. But Mickey goal, oh, good night. That was yeah. that was brutal, really brutal. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I that that was. I watched that and then I went to sleep. When I said I watched a couple of fights and went to bed, I, I watched that and I was like, oh dear. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I want to go and get some sleep now too. That was a good one, um, and then. Uh, Pennington versus Ladd, did you see that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, see, I still haven't watched that one. What did you think of, of that? Uh, let me just pull it up. Uh, so. so it's a decision win. Pennington's now on a four-fight win streak. I heard it wasn't the most exciting in the world, though. Uh, no, it, like nothing is sticking in my in in my mind about it. Like I say, um, no, do you know what? I watched that before I went to bed. That's why it's not really resonating with me. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything, and I don't want to talk about it underqualified and do anyone an injustice. Mm. But yeah, there was, yeah, there there, there was too much exciting stuff to. Uh, to, for, that, that occupied my tiny little mind. Well, one thing um, about it, though, is that, you know, Peddington's now on a four-fight win streak, but Holly Holmes versus in, uh, Caitlin Vieira very, very soon. And Holmes has two wins over Pennington. So you would imagine that if Holly Holmes beats Caitlin Vieira uh, in a couple of months or whenever that fight is, then Holmes probably the front runner to fight for the belt next because... Depending, obviously, on what happens in the Nunes-Juliana Pena rematch, if Pena wins that, then who knows what happens to Nunes. But Pennington on a four-fight win streak is great, but having two losses to Holly Holm really puts you behind her, I would have thought. And obviously, Holly Holm's a bigger name as well. So if Holm beats Vieira, I would not be surprised if we see Holly Holm fighting for the belt next after the Nunes-Pena rematch. Obviously... If Nunes were to win that fight, you might get the trilogy. That's the only thing. Mm. <clears throat> okay. Right, looking ahead next weekend, uh, UFC Fight Night, um, Bilal Mohamed versus Luke. Um, just flicking through the the, the, the card on there. Um, it's all right. I mean, we've been spoiled, obviously. Um, let me just pull up the prelims and see what's on there as well. Uh, Chris Barnett, yes, get in. Yes, <laughs> yes. Our boy Chris Did Barnett. Did not know he was fighting next weekend. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Excited for uh, for that one. We got a, a, a busy old um, time coming up as well. Like I think it's the, the following week as well. We've got um, uh, uh, Amanda Lemos versus obviously uh, Andrade. Uh, looking through that card as well. There's some old oh, Macy Barber's on that card as well. When's that one? Uh, that's on the 26th. Uh, and then is it the following? Week? Yeah, God, yeah. And then the following Saturday, you've got um, Font Vera. Um, yeah, there's some. I think we're, we're we're in for scraps every week now. For oh, and then the next week's obviously Oliveira Gaethje. Wow, that is going to be a corker that Oliveira Gaethje fight. I can't wait for that one. Um, yeah, I mean the one other thing that you haven't mentioned is just uh, quickly. Sorry, it can't be the main event. What? But he's then saying the fo- the following the following um, event is the oh ignore me ignore me ignore me I've just it's the that's got to be the prelims surely but yeah yeah it is on the fourth 
Yeah, normally, go on. Sorry, what were you going to say about it? No, well, I mean, like, Mohamed versus Vincente Luque is a really big fight coming up this Saturday. I think that's got massive implications in the World to Weight division. I think Luque's ranked fourth, Mohamed's ranked fifth. Uh, it's a rematch. Uh, Luque won their first fight back in 2016. Uh, and I think this could potentially be a number one contender fight. I mean, if Hamzat were to beat a Colby Covington or something like that, he's going to get the, sh- the 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 shot, no doubt about it. But if Colby and Hamzat fight and Colby wins, then the next people in line, obviously, after Leon Edwards, it's it's very much up for discussion. And Luke and Baal Mohammed are both on, on win streaks, I think. Um, obviously, with Mohammed, you have to factor in the... Um, the eye poke. Uh, but I think if you remove the eye poke with the Leon Edwards fight, he's on like a yeah. six fight win streak. Luke's on a four fight win streak. So the winner of that fight is probably very much in line for, for a shot, you know, down the line after Leon Edwards and depending on what happens with Hamzat Shemaev. Um, and then what a division <laughs> it is. It's an interesting division, isn't it? I, I think, and I want to see more of those fighters fighting each other again. I, I wonder if it'd be an interesting thing to look at every top 10 guy in the welterweight division and just see how many of them have actually fought each other. Because I'm pretty sure if you look at Colby's, I don't think he's fought that many people in the top. Obviously, he's fought Usman a couple of times now, and he's fought Masvidal. Um, but I don't know. Has he got many other top 10 wins? I don't know. I don't know. But I just, I just think it's interesting to look at that and see how many people in that top 10 have fought each other and... I'd like to see more of them fight each other because there is a lot of talent in there. And I think there's some really great and interesting matchups to be made with, you know, Luke Mohammed, uh, Wonderboy, and, uh, um, you know, Sean Brady as well. He's a great prospect, Sean Brady. I think he's fantastic. He could be doing really well. And uh, Michael Chiesa, I like. Neil Magny, all those guys. Um, so there are some really talented guys in that division. Um, and also, uh, this Friday sees. AJ McKee versus Patricio Pitbull in the rematch. And a lot of yep. people do consider AJ McKee to be up there with the likes of Volkanovski and Holloway. Very difficult to say that until someone like AJ McKee were to actually come to the UFC and take on that more top level competition. But everyone really rates Patricio Pitbull as well. And uh, AJ McKee dealt with him very handily in that, in that first fight to win the belt. Um, on top of that is the final of the light heavyweight Grand Prix. Uh, Vadim Nemkov is defending his strap against Corey Anderson. Everyone from who's more of a UFC fan than like a Bellator fan will remember Corey Anderson. I think Corey Anderson is one of the last, if not the last person to beat Glover Teixeira, who's now the, the UFC light heavyweight mm. champion. So there's some, some really good fights actually on all weekend, including the Bellator, uh, including that Bellator kind of main and co-main event. Absolutely. Um, just quickly, just before we wrap, I know we've gone well over the hour. Um, just, just looking ahead to the Oliveira Gaethje fight. Just, I've never really sort of had a good look down the card. Obviously, we know that Esparza Rose is on there and Chandler Ferguson, which are great fights. Some veterans on here that I did not know were fighting. Have you seen this card? No, I've so, not. Really, it's a bit far ahead for me to be looking at it. But uh, Mauricio, uh, uh, who is fighting um, over in St. Prue? Yeah. Um, and Cerrone versus Joe Lozon. Oh, that's a good one. Down at Lightweight. I'm well up for that. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a cracking main card. That is. I'll tell you what's also a good fight on that card that not that they're like big names or veterans. 
Randy Brown versus Chaos Williams is jumping out at me as a really good fight there. And Englishman Danny Roberts is on the card yeah. as well. So, and Brandon Royval. I love Brandon Royval against Matt Chanel. So, yeah, that, that card, I mean, it's a long way off now. What's the, the 8th of May is when that is? It's not actually as far off as I thought. It's um, about three weeks, mate. I know, but did, did it feel like there's so much going on that it feels like, oh, that's ages yeah. away, that's ages away? Because there's I so much content. The following week, they, they have announced a few fights, and, and there's two British fighters in that. Uh, Jake Hadley, uh, former Cage Warriors champ, and, and, uh, and friend of the show, Davey Grant's fighting um, on the 14th, which is great. Uh, yeah, there's... Uh, and what's, who's going to be... Oh, 275. Oh, dear. Let's, look, we've got too much to talk about. I can't start on that one. Like, oh... Dear, oh dear, that's ridiculous, that card. I'm going to shut up. We'll, we'll get to that closer to the time. Um, right, we'll be back soon. Um, I'm sure we'll have a guest on the next one. Uh, if not, I guess we'll be back talking about 274. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have a guest. We'll have, we'll get someone on. Keep listening. We'll, some, it, some it will come your way in a week or so. Trust us. Right, make sure you subscribe, give us a like, love, share on the socials. Um, and yeah... Drop us a message on the old socials. Well, let us know you'd like to see us, uh, hear us chat too. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, we'll reach out and see if we can make that happen. Yeah. And sometimes we little, we'd like to have a little run through of a division as well and just go, you know, what, what division needs a little bit of sorting out and matchmaking done for it or, or how we see a division playing out. So if you've got a division that you think needs a little bit of, of matchmaking or a bit of help along the way, let us know and maybe we can do that and take in some of your opinions as well. And don't forget check out the back catalogue I mean some of the interviews we've had particularly the first time a fighter comes on the show the likes of Paddy Pimlet Dan Hardy Michael Bisping great chats with Mark Goddard as well and uh, and people like that Sean Sheehan who we mentioned earlier we've had some really top fighters Alexander Volkanovsky when these guys first come on the show we have really great in-depth chats with them they age really really well because they're not just about the fight that's coming up or the fight that's gone and I think we're getting a bit more we're getting a bit more action in the older back catalogue actually people are they're, they're going back and listening to these um, to these fights and we're having a couple of messages about how, how good listening to these fights listening to these uh, these episodes of the podcast and um, and we'll get some nice feedback about that so please do scroll back and pick out some of your favourite fighters and check out our interviews with them particularly those first times that they come on where we we go deep and we, we try Absolutely. and get to the grips of the fights you know we're seeing superstars now you know in, in the wake of recent fights and the London card in Paul Craig and Tom Aspinall uh, and Paddy and Molly and, and the aforementioned Ian Gary chatting to them all and like at length you know finding out about their mindset finding out about what makes them tick what they do after the fight we know that Ian Gary likes a bag of Skittles he mentioned it the other day he said they asked him post fight what you do and he went going to get pizza and some Skittles and uh, yeah so uh, so go go get a real insight into the fighters because you know we, 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 we don't just talk about their record and their fight style and stuff we, we like to get in their head a little bit and find out more about the person as much as we do the fighter so yeah stacks of episodes in the back catalogue go and get involved make sure you subscribe and then they'll just pop up on your listening device and you won't miss any we done we're done see you next time bye bye